The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And Happy New Year, everybody. We weren't here last week because it was actually New Year's Day, and I don't actually know what happened on the station. I got this email that said, yeah, don't come in. It's... We New, New Year's Day. I don't, maybe they just don't want me here. I don't. I don't know what it was, but big big holiday on the first Wednesday of the year, and so this is our very first show of 2020, and we decided to kick it off this year with some advice for those of you who uh, have as your big goal to quit your job <laughs> during 2020 and get into real estate investing full time. Uh, or if that is a, a goal of yours at any point in time, you're going to find today's program to be something you want to archive and listen to again when you when you get close to that point. Because, man, the number of people I see who jump the gun on that job quitting thing and um, decide later that it was a mistake and they did it wrong and they would do it differently if they did it again uh, is is absolutely huge. So. Here to discuss this important topic is somebody who uh, is much actually more experienced at it than I did than I am because I did it the wrong way. I just walked out one Friday <laughs> and said, "This isn't this isn't this isn't for me." Now, to be fair, I'd only had the job for six weeks, so that's <laughs> my entire corporate America experience right there. But uh, Felicia Bell, who is the uh, 2020 president of Cincinnati RIA, the greatest real estate association in the entire United States, um, spent 25 years in corporate America working mostly for Fortune 100 companies, including 18 years at Procter & Gamble. And those of you who are in that situation know that there's some there's sometimes some golden handcuffs involved in having a job like that that might be, it might be stressful, it might, might, might not be your great love, but... Man, the benefits and the salary are really, really attractive. Uh, She left that job a few years back to dive into real estate full-time. And now, in addition to her volunteer work with uh, Cincinnati RIA and some other organizations, she is a full-time landlord, rehabber, and real estate agent with Coldwell Banker West Shell here in Cincinnati. She's joining us here in the studio. Welcome, Felicia. Thank you, Vina. Thank you for having me here. Congratulations on your election as president of Cincinnati RIA, or sympathies, whichever, <laughs> whichever 
one you would like to be extended. It's um, that's a, a a big job to be at the at the head of an organization that you know nearly a thousand members and I don't know twelve or thirteen focus groups and one of which you run and then two main meetings and zillions of vendors and there's always something going on with Rhea and I do I appreciate the opportunity to be at the the head of the organization it has been a significant it has had a significant impact on me and my real estate career and the journey that I've been on over the past four years now as a real estate investor mm-hmm. and I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people look at the amount of work that you do and and you know all the all the other presidents of RIA going back to 1976 when it started and go, man, they must, they must make the big bucks being president. (laughs) (laughs) Such a, such a big job. I don't know that it's the big bucks yet for me. (laughs) I'm still um, on that journey, but what it has done um, is the exposure, the networking, all of that, the education, which is the most important part of the process has been instrumental. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'd say more critical in the journey to being a real estate investor. I think people jump in feet first because they think it's easy. They've watched HGTV <laughs> one too many times and believe uh, I can do this, which some people do it and are successful by doing it that way. However, I am a huge proponent of investing in your education. Being a part of RIA really enables that process if you take advantage of what RIA has to offer. Mm-hmm. Almost every guest that's on the show here who is in a real estate association anywhere in the country says basically the same thing. <laughs> if, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it right and do it safely and have people around you who can who both want you to succeed and can help you succeed, you've got to find your local RIA and you got to go join it. And uh, I, I find that I, I don't I don't know where I would be. Literally, I mean, I was 22 years old, six weeks experience in the job market, lots of ambition, no real reason to think that I could be successful. I, mean, I, I believed I could do it. But, you know, looking back at how unprepared I was to and I mean, I just I just pulled the pin out of the grenade and said, yeah, I'm doing this full time by God. And if it hadn't been for. Um, I mean, the education was important, like going to the meetings and hearing the lectures and all that kind of stuff. But what was even more important was the other people, was mm-hmm. being able to go to folks like uh, Dave Gee and Paul Burning, you know, who are, who are not around anymore, but had been, you know, when I was starting, they'd been in real estate for 25 years. And just be able to say, I don't know whether I should do this deal or not, and get like advice that was based on the fact that they live in the same city as me and they knew the neighborhood and know the challenges with you know, the kind of construction that's in that neighborhood. It was absolutely huge. Um, but uh, we're going to talk today about how not to do it the way I did it, how to do it the way you did it, how to, how to, how to actually plan out the process of parting from your job in a way that is you're not going to come to regret six months after you've uh, left that job. And uh, we're going to also invite listeners with questions. I'm guessing there's probably some folks out there who they're like, oh, my gosh, did she read my New Year's resolutions? That's exactly (laughs) what I plan to do this year. And if you want some direct advice uh, about that 
topic for yourself, you can either send us an email during the show at askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor E-N-A at gmail. Or you can even call us up in the studio if you do it pretty soon because the show is only an hour long. That number is 877-772-9658. 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Felicia Bell, real life investor, superwoman, and person who actually made a plan about quitting her job before she did it. And is that is that just kind of your personality? Do you just not, you know walk into your boss's office one day and say, I'm out of here. Do you, do you typically plan things out pretty carefully? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the opportunity presented itself when um, I was presented with the option to take a package from Procter & Gamble, which many people do. And so then you're, you know, while real estate had been, something I desired to do for a long time before I ever stepped into this space full time. It, I can't say that I had this mapped out plan, but at the point I decided that real estate was what I was going to pursue, there were some things that were very important that needed to happen and that were in place. And that was one I had, well, the package definitely enabled me quite a bit because it was, you know, I had a year's salary to work with. Mm -hmm. And then I had done a fairly healthy job with saving um, in preparation for whatever would be next. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I think um, was blessed enough to say, you know, when I saw what I had saved, I was kind of surprised, to be honest. <laughs> it was a very pleasant surprise. Um, but it, it enabled me. So and that was one of the most critical pieces, as I would advise anyone who's considering leaving their employer to do or leaving corporate to do what they love, for me it's real estate, um, is to make sure that your savings, your insurance, your retirement situation is secure. Um, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is to step out and not have uh, enough savings enough money to survive and as a result everyone who loves them is affected by their decision and that's a piece that you know can make you or break you once you transition and let's 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 talk about how much savings because i it, okay my father was in corporate america until he was about 45 years old and the math that he did that caused him to leave his job and it was it was sort of a similar he he had wanted to go into real estate full time but then something happened at the job that it was it was a negative thing not a positive thing and he had to make a decision do I want to walk away at this point or not and he he did but the math that he did was i figured out how much i'm making per hour when I'm doing my real estate stuff, because he was already like like most people, he was already in the real estate business part time, and I'm making more per hour for the hours I'm working in real estate than the hours I am working in my job, 
And so it only makes sense to quit. And he didn't really have any savings. Like he, 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 the math he was doing was about income. I mean, it was basically, well, if I had 40 hours a week to work on real estate, then I would obviously make more money because I'm making more money on my real estate stuff than I am on my other thing. And I'm not sure that's great math because sometimes we're making a lot of money per hour as a part-time real estate investor because since we only have a limited amount of time, we are super focused on the things that are most important to get done. And all of a sudden, when we have all the free time, <laughs> our dollars per hour drop significantly because now we're doing all that stuff that was always on our I want to do it list, but not on the it's necessary to do it list. So is there any particular amount of savings that in your mind, like if you have this much, you're you're probably good to quit the job? Everybody's scenario is different. Um, what I will say for me, I was well positioned for at least a year, which gave me the opportunity to spend the time that I needed to spend on educating myself, making sure that I had the knowledge base necessary to be successful in this business. And so the year was necessary because I knew in order for me to, uh, again, be successful, I needed to spend a part of that year learning. And that, that was not going to include making any income. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The number you hear from a lot of just like financial advisors, people who are not in the real estate space, but just talk about what's safe is, is like six months worth of all your expenses. And that's when you do have a job. That's mm -hmm. like, okay, so I do have a job, but I need six months worth of Savings, so I think I think a year's worth, if it's if it's possible at all, uh, is a good number, mm -hmm. because as you said, even if you've already been in real estate part time, there's still gonna be a ramp up, to to I'm I I've got it all together and I've figured out my schedule and I am making the kind of money I think I ought to make. It's not like day you know the first Monday where you're not working anymore. All of a sudden, that's the Monday that you start wholesaling four deals a month or buying a rental property every month or uh, whatever the case may be. So number one thing is savings. What else do people need to really think about before they pull the trigger on this job quitting thing? Well, I also mentioned insurance. So making sure that you're covered, life insurance, health insurance, that you have those things in place. Um, however, you're going to provide that. Some people who are dual income families, they're able to take care of that um, by way of their spouse uh, or partners what is your you know retirement going how is that going to be affected so all of those things combined were huge factors in the decision because obviously being self-employed you've got to be creative mm -hmm. whether you're using the marketplace or a private insurer for health insurance um, a, an hsa whatever it is you've got to understand what that impact and that change is going to look like mm -hmm. so doing things like getting quotes from insurers who actually insure mm -hmm. self-employed people. And that's a surprisingly small group of insurers. It's it's harder to get. It's harder to go write a check and buy health insurance than you might think. And I think a lot of people get surprised at how much it actually costs because it, it costs the same when you're working for Procter & Gamble. It's just that Procter & Gamble covers part of that. 
And when they're not covering it anymore, yep. all of a sudden, you know, that's where you see the Facebook post about, oh my God, my insurance costs $1,200 a month. I'm used to paying $200 a month. So before you quit, if you don't have a spouse who's covered by insurance, that, that's something to do. Um, the, let's go back to the retirement plan issue, because I have seen people who looked into that and decided to stay with a job that they really didn't love for another year or two because of there was some deadline date about vesting, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if, if I stay 10 years, I get a certain level of, you know, kickback from my company for the retirement plan. But if I stay for 15, the number goes way up. And that's going to require a discussion with the plan advisor for the company. And like, how do you even approach that? You, you can't go in like, I'm thinking about quitting. What effect does that have if I quit today versus quitting a year from now? Well, I think, first of all, I took a very different approach. Um, as you know, I am definitely very spiritual and feel that a part of a big part of my decision, it was a faith walk. However, I was very calculated as well. Um when it comes to that type of planning, if you are unhappy in your job or in your current situation, it's more about how do I make it happen mm-hmm. versus being so focused on the numbers because the numbers can get you, can make you st- stuck. Mm-hmm. You'll get stuck and you'll stay in a situation that's uncomfortable and can ultimately become unhealthy If, you know, given the stress level and all that comes with being in corporate corporate America. So that wasn't the basis of my decision. I'll be very honest. Um, But it is important to understand what that impact will look like and what you need to do to compensate for any losses. Mm -hmm. I believe that if you are fully committed to your new lifestyle or what you're looking to be a new lifestyle, the compensation will come. And the one thing though, I will say that I learned when stepping away is that I had a lot more flexibility when it came to my retirement, Um, using self-directed IRAs um, and other retirement instruments. Uh, I have more flexibility now and actually probably make more money leveraging my retirement funds um, than I did when I was at Procter & Gamble. And that was a huge learning. Um, And of course, I continue to learn about those type of tools. But those are also things that you're not going to learn from your financial advisor. Mm-hmm. They're not going to tell you that mm-hmm. because they're not making money when you're using self-directed IRAs. And so I, I advise people all the time. It's it feels scary because it's unfamiliar. But the reality is it's an option mm-hmm. that people should look into as they're considering making a transition. Mm-hmm. Most people who would be thinking about this transition, there are other people that it would affect. Mm-hmm. They've got spouses or partners or kids. Um, and you said, you said scary. You said it can, you know, it can be scary. I've seen a lot of situations where it's scarier for the spouse to think about you quitting mm-hmm. than it is for you. You know, you're all excited about it, but your husband or wife's going, wait, 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 what are we going to do about is is there is there some 
like formal way to over maybe a period of time that's not this weekend like <laughs> prepare prepare your like you don't want to you don't want to say on saturday guess what i'm doing on monday right um in your case i know you had a son that mm-hmm. was uh, of an age where he needed you to be to be able to make money and, and support him um how, how how do you start that conversation with your family about this is what i want to do and this is why yeah it's a little scary but it'll be okay <laughs> that makes me laugh because one I, I it's just me so i don't have a spouse to have that conversation with fortunately and or unfortunately depending <laughs> on who you ask right um but my son was 18 he was six months old when i started working at png well yeah he was six months old when i started working at procter and gamble and so that's all he knew and so he was preparing to go to college and was extremely concerned <laughs> when I Nervous shared about with who him. was paying tuition. Is that yeah, <laughs> when I said, hey, um, matter of fact, I didn't tell him ahead of time because it was exam. It was during his exams and I did not want him to be distracted by my decision. And I knew that he would be OK. Um, but he didn't know that. So when I shared, when I shared it with him, I just remember the look on his face and he's like, you're going to do, you did, you did what? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? There was life before PNG and there will be life afterwards. And so, and he said, well, mom, what are you going to do? And I shared with him. And of course it's walking into a land that's unfamiliar for him now. And, you know, with the idea of going off to college and knowing that he would need my support, I reassured him that, look, we had enough savings to cover him. He had at that point accepted a full scholarship at Indiana University. So I knew that would be um, a huge help for this process. And I was very secure that he was prepared to take the journey with me. Now he is a partner in the business with me, even though he is away full time. um, I still work with him in an advisory capacity. I still, you know, include him in the business where I can. And now he's very excited about this becoming a part of his future. But it wasn't in the absence of, you know, some uncertainty and fear on his part as well. We see a lot of uh, folks at Cincinnati RIA, and I see people at RIAs throughout the the country who are in what I call mixed marriages. One of the spouses is totally into real estate, mm-hmm. and the other one hates it. <laughs> it. It scares them. They're not they're not interested. It doesn't fascinate them. And it's people like that who might be listening that I'm I. I I, I just want to encourage you, don't make it worse by springing it on your spouse. That the one the one thing about your life that they feel secure about, which is your job, mm-hmm. is going away. This isn't a this isn't an announcement you make like I'm quitting my job. I think it probably the minute you start thinking that that's what you want to do, you probably need to open the conversation. Absolutely, and. It's it's very important to understand that your family will reap the benefits and or the consequences of your decision. And so 
because of that, it's only fair that the conversation starts as soon as you decide that this is something that you want to do. The fortunate thing, I believe, when it comes to real estate investing and being a savvy real estate investor is conveying the message that what we do is it's a numbers game. And for people who are looking for some level of comfort, when they understand that you are very calculated as an investor on the choices that we make, right? We don't just walk up to a house and say, oh, I like that house. It needs rehabbing and I'm going to buy that one, right? There's a, there's formulas. There's, there's a whole strategy that goes into making a decision to purchase a house, whether you're going to rehab it, whether you're going to buy and hold it. Um, whether you're going to wholesale it, if the numbers don't work, then it doesn't make sense. You know, you hear people say, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is very applicable in this situation. So when you're communicating with your family, you have to have some level of knowledge and education about how you're going to make this work, how the numbers have to make sense, so that with each transaction, they realize that they're, you know, what the financial benefit will be and how it will impact their family, impact your overall family, whether you're, you know, getting cash flow from rental properties over time, whether you choose to flip a house and that's going to be a large influx of money into your household income, whatever that scenario is, having the knowledge to explain to your family that this is what's going to happen, this is how it's going to happen, and this is how I will continue to contribute to the household will be important. Excellent. We need to take a quick break, and I want to encourage anyone who is in this process of thinking about quitting their jobs or who recently quit their jobs or goal it is to do that this year, if you have any questions at all, we're, we're here to answer them, 877 877- Seven seven two nine six five eight is the number here in the studio eight seven 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 two nine six five eight or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail dot com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host Vina Jones Cox. My guest today is Felicia Bell, who is a real life investor here in the Greater Cincinnati area, also an agent with Coldwell Banker West Shell and. Also, um, current president of Cincinnati RIA just took office this month. And I checked the Gmail account to see what questions we had. And the very first one is from Scott Ellsworth saying, exactly how much does this president job pay? (laughs) (laughs) He's apparently missing all the checks that he thinks he should have gotten over the last two years. It's a... The thing about the big bucks was the joke. So pays nothing. Actually, she's making, Felicia's making twice as much as Scott was. But two times zero is still zero. Still zero. Um, Question from Teal in Columbus. She says, I have a son who's a recent college graduate and has expressed an interest in getting involved in real estate investing. What is Felicia's plan or recommendation for involving a son into a real estate business? The first thing I would say is to connect him to the local real estate investor association. Um, in Columbus, you have Colry, which uh, Vina 
graciously heads up that organization. And actually, Teal is a member, and she runs our new rehab focus group Okay, there so. in Columbus. <laughs> so, so already in the right place. Um, surrounding yourself by uh, real est- other real estate investors is number one out the gate, being willing to invest in your education. So it's one thing to be a part of the organization. It's something totally different to invest in the education that it offers. Sometimes people are put off by um, having to pay for that education. I don't understand that, but it is a real concern. Yeah, especially when it's like $97. It it costs nothing or, or two hundred and forty seven. I mean, I get the I get people getting put off by the fifty and seventy thousand dollars exactly bills. But man, if you if you think you can, if you think you can do better than paying two hundred fifty bucks to belong to a group for a year with all these people who are huge sources of advice and referrals and all that kind of stuff, you you maybe you're in the wrong business. If you don't want to spend two hundred fifty bucks, I don't know how you buy a house. Well, we spend so much on our college education, which I have a college degree, so I can say this. Um, Some of us don't get out what we put in, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on, again, who you ask. But um, it's very specific. So if you're interested in um, learning how to rehab, then the best thing to do is invest and connect with individuals who are currently rehabbers. And then, I mean, we've got the best of the best in the country that come through Cincinnati Rhea to help us learn specific strategies and how-tos. So the likes of Robin Thompson and those folks who come come through for very, you know, what you get it, what you put in, you will get out times 10. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read between the lines on Teal's question here and say that what she might be concerned about is if you were to bring on an employee to help you in your business and they didn't work out, they didn't get it, they didn't want it, they couldn't do it, you would fire them. Mm-hmm. But if you bring on your son <laughs> and it turns out he's not, you know, he's not being uh, productive within the business that's that's a hard person to say hit the road jack to and you've successfully even though he's like all the way across well the world right now i think you have you have managed to um to the extent possible given his absence weave your son into your business and i think uh, her her concern is probably i would like to do that but i'm looking for like how 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 what agreements do we make with each other that aren't father that aren't mother and son agreements about how the work's going to be done and at what point and how do I fire him if he if it doesn't work out well first of all creating boundaries i'm a huge advocate of having boundaries in your life not just in your business but in life and so once you create those boundaries and define what it is that you want Uh, your son to do in the business, then you measure him by those tasks and that work. If it doesn't work out, then he's got to go. I still yell. (laughs) I still love you, but you don't work here anymore. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's real simple for me um, because 
you have to have the hard conversations. This is a business and you have to treat it as a business. I think where people mess up is um, you've got now all of a sudden you transition from corporate America where you've got all these constraints and then you get out here and you realize you've got all this freedom and liberty. And but the reality is that you've got to exercise a lot of discipline, a lot of self-motivation, a lot of get up and go. And if you don't do that, (laughs) your business will fail. And so um, while there's definitely ebbs and flows when you're self-employed, you have to um, stay the course. You have to follow the guidelines that you've set out. Um, and the goals that you've set out to meet in order to be successful doing this. And Teal, that means your son needs to do that too. Exactly. You, you gotta. You, you can. You can't. You can't be mommy when you're at work. Um, the thing. The thing that I see very often with parents and children in the real estate business is the child will express the tiniest little bit of interest. I mean, you're you're passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. And then your kid says, you know, that looks pretty interesting. I might like, well, I might want to try that when I graduate from or over the summer or whatever. And the parent just goes, oh, my God, that would be the I was, I've been hoping for this my entire life. I want you to follow me. And the, the kid's not really that. In, I mean, he's also thinking about maybe changing majors and being a veterinarian at the same. You know, it's it, they're kids, right? And they, they have... They have a lot of things open to them, but the parent gets all super invested in the kid, not only getting into the business, but like eventually taking it over and it being a big part of their life. And they get very upset and disappointed when it turns out that that's not really, the kid was thinking more like, this would be a good summer job. I can work for my mom. Um, so I would say having having counseled a lot of people through this situation of my kid's not working out, what do I do? And saying, well, you got to fire them. <laughs> that the, the expectations, the boundaries, that let's sit down first and talk about what what do you see this becoming? What do I see this becoming? Under what circumstances are you going to get to continue to work here? Versus under what circumstances am I freeing you up to go work mm-hmm. at a place that's a better match for you? I think that's super important because there's, there's, I don't know, with parents and kids, somehow there's, they, they kind of think they can read each other's minds and they think they're on the same page, but they are totally not. They're not even in the same book many times during these conversations. Um, here's an interesting question from Roberto. He says, is there one thing that you know now that you wish you'd known before you quit your corporate job? Is there anything that's occurred to you over the last four years that you're like, yeah, I would have maybe done that a little differently if I'd have. Uh, Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. I was introduced to real estate many, many years ago. Um, I wish that I had pursued it then. Um, My whole life would be different, even if I had maintained a corporate job alongside of um, real estate investing. So um, if there's one thing I would have done different... I probably would have started planning much um, long before I ever left. My plan didn't start long before I left. And so, uh, matter of fact, <laughs> I'd venture to say it wasn't really as much of a plan as I would like it to have been. Um, 
But there's so much opportunity in real estate. You know, before I left, so four years ago, all I know, all I knew was um, being a landlord or flipping houses because that's what you see on TV, right? Either you see the flipping on TV or you know somebody that owns property. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that owning property is very different than being a real estate investor. Many people own property. Whether, um, and I'm not speaking of the property that you live in. I'm talking about owning property, you know, that you don't live in. Just because you own it doesn't mean it's profitable. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to make the properties uh, that I own profitable has been the biggest aha for me. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm not just a property owner. I can truly say I'm a business owner and those properties are making me money um, for the long haul. Sort of a related question from Fred. He says, when you left Procter & Gamble to work full-time in real estate, did you at that time have any background in construction or rehabbing? No. Other than just the work that I had done on my own uh, residence. All right, we need to take a last break here. If you have questions for Felicia about her journey to full-time real estate investing or your journey to full-time real estate investing, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658 or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Felicia Bell. We're talking about making that transition from full-time job to full-time real estate investor in a way that's a little more planned out and not so much of a knee-jerk reaction to getting yelled at by your boss or something. And uh, Felicia, one of the one of the points on your um, on your presentation that you gave me is uh, has to do with not burning your bridges when you leave. Don't don't make it something nasty and bitter talk a little bit about like talk a little bit about that one of the things I think is important is not to leave your job bitter I think people are angry even you know I've talked to people who have left Procter and Gamble you know with packages or you know whatever their circumstances have been be honest with why you're transitioning Um, I think that is critical because if you leave angry, you're starting off a new journey with the wrong mentality. It's almost like you're trying to get back um, in a very negative way to the people who you were working with before. It's like, well, I'll show them that I can be successful. I sh- I can show them, you know, whatever whatever it is. It's always important to um to leave with the right mindset. And then secondly, it's important to understand that the people that you work with could very well become a part of your sphere. Um whether it's your free sphere of influence or they become a uh, a part of your client base, whatever it is, um those networks are important. Mm-hmm. Whether you you leverage them or not, still being able to go back is is important. And 
Okay, first of all, you can have a negative job experience, but you're you're getting out of it, so there's no reason to be mad. Exactly. You're, you're, you're the one who escaped. I also find that many times people are then able to go back to their former colleagues and find private lenders among them mm-hmm. and find you know, referrals and it just, like, like they can help your real estate career. Cause I think many times they're kind of jealous that you're the one who escaped and they want to, <laughs> they will, well, they want to have lunch. I mean, I'm sure this happened to you that people, you know, six months mm-hmm. later, you'd run in from the seat. We got to have lunch and catch up. And what they really wanted to do was pick your brain about what you were doing and did you like it? And was it working? Cause they were kind of thinking about maybe doing some of that themselves. And, um, you know, a lot of them are never going to pull the trigger. It's not, the real estate is not for everyone. Uh, but they can become great sources of everything from money to partnerships to credit because they still have a job and you mm-hmm. don't. They're Fannie Mae qualified and you're not anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think especially coming from the PNG culture, um, people wonder, like, can you really make it? <laughs> Is their life really outside of PNG? <laughs> right. It's like um, unless, you know, you retired after 25 or 30 years, you know, you leave um, in a very traditional way. Um, so if you leave in a, you know, a way that people are like, she's only been here 15 years or 18 years, they're like, you know, (laughs) they're like, uh, can she really swim without us? And so, you know, to me, that's kind of funny, um, now particularly, but it's refreshing to know, yes, there is life after corporate America and yes, you can be successful. Um, and you know, we we all can coexist. <laughs> it's, it's really not that different, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's been quite refreshing to be in a situation where you do have um, the the liberty, the freedom to do what your heart has a passion for. Um, but it's 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 not easy. It's a lot, a lot of commitment. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of hard work. I always say freedom ain't free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh. and, and we should go back really to, to the very first point that you put on your notes here about um, things to be sure about before you approach this transition. And that is, um, do you really have a strong enough why? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? Do I love it? And why do I love it? What am I doing? What is it that you want to do, whether it's real estate or something else? Is it a feasible option for me to do and can I make money doing it? And then finally, how? How do you go about doing it, whatever it is? One, I highly suggest becoming a part of a community that's focused on it. In my case, it was real estate. Partner with a mentor to help you um, transition into the space. I will always give credit to the individual who mentored me into real estate investing. Um, he was a colleague at PNG that I didn't know while I was at PNG. I met him on LinkedIn and um, reached out to him. And he has been a crucial part of my transition into, into this space. And then again, I'll say over and over again, invest in the education to learn what you are 
expecting to master. So for me, I spent five months learning. Um, and and that included me getting my real estate license. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually see more people wait too long to quit their jobs than I mean I've been I've been kind of joking about you know don't just walk in and quit on a on a Monday because you had a bad day and that that's that's usually I I feel like I see more of the opposite I feel like I see more people who stay with something that they don't like that makes them miserable that is not it they don't love it right Mm -hmm. um while doing real estate part-time like they, they'll, they'll do real estate part-time for years and years and years and every time I see them they say yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna quit that job I just I'm, I'm just I'm not ready yet I just and it's about not wanting to leave the security of the job and I, I totally get that but what would you say to somebody who suspects they're in that position there's they suspect they've got the what they've got the why they've got the how they've done some deals they've got their education under their belt and something is still keeping them from doing what they kind of know they need to do, which is leave the unhealthy <laughs> environment of the job and go to real estate full time. Fear. Fear is crippling. And what I say to that is that there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And at the moment you release um, the fear that you have to move forward and to be successful, um, you will fly. It's just a matter of letting go stepping outside of your comfort zone and allowing, you know, the atmosphere to take it, take you where you really want to go. So step out, but get, but have help. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't step off the cliff. Don't until step you, off the cliff. Until you got some wings, right? <laughs> don't try and, don't try and grow your wings on the way down. Um, all right. So there's a uh, workshop this weekend that Cincinnati Rhea is holding. That is about the uh, the sort of the how and the why part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really a real estate workshop. It's unusual for Rias to hold workshops that aren't like here's how you wholesale. This one is about how you envision your future real estate business and writing down those whys and really making sure you understand like how am I going to proceed with this over the course of the next year and two years and five years and even ten years in mm-hmm. many cases. The instructor is Ron Phillips, who has been here on the show actually a couple of times because he's like, Ron is what I want to be when I grow up. He's, he's, he's got to be one of the most successful real estate investors in the United States. $28 million in apartment holdings. Um, did, did like over a thousand deals last year. And this is the best part. He works like three hours a day. <laughs> I mean, he's got it. He's got the business together, right? Other people do. Mm-hmm most of this work so um we certainly want to let listeners know that they are whether or not they are cincinnati rea members they are welcome to uh, come attend that workshop and can get more information about it at cincinnatirea.com and that's cincinnati reia.com for those of you who keep hearing us say rea and they're like what are they saying <laughs> not a flightless bird cincinnati reia.com and um come shake hands with felicia while you're there and congratulate her on her new position as president of Cincinnati Rhea. Uh, appreciate you coming in today to help us help us help people to understand how to make this transaction this uh, transition smoother and less stressful for both themselves and their families and 
We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.